the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Exactly, Arthur Idala. It's not David Schwartz. It's not Joan Pelzer. It's uh, it's Kevin McCullough. And if you stick around long enough, you're going to get me for two hours tonight. So please don't get tired. I promise you, we'll try to make it as interesting as is possible. Because coming up on my show, uh, Radio Night Live, following the Arthur Idala Power Hour, we are going to talk to uh, an heir of an icon. That's all I'm going to say. It's just going to be a little tease like that. Hopefully, it's going to keep you listening longer. That's all. That's all we're about here. The TSL. We want to expand the TSL. Anyway, welcome to the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Uh, Kevin McCullough, my name. If you don't know me, uh, where you been? Um, anyway, uh, always pleased to help my friends, whether it's uh, Joe Piscopo or Arthur Idala or Mike Gallagher, or, you know, all the good guys that are on this station. We we really are kind of like a family around here. And when Arthur called me and he said last week, he said, uh, Kev, um, w- would you mind filling in? And I said, what, no one else was available? <laughs> and uh, he said, no, I'd really like you to be there. So I said, for you, Arthur, anything, I promise, because someday I have a feeling uh, and Mr. Sambolino can attest to this. I have a feeling at some point in my life, I'm going to need a really good attorney. And if <laughs> well, I've done a really good favor or several of them for Mr. Idala, I'm hoping that he will take my phone call in the middle of the night when I dial his number. Were you going to add something, Mr. Sambolino? Yeah, I, Did think, you have- I think we all need a good attorney. You never know. You, you never do. If there's one thing I've learned from Jerry Crowley, have a good attorney in your back pocket. I'm just saying right now. All right. We're going to move on to some news. But wait a second. First, you sent me. Did you send me? You sent me the uh, the the Hollywood celebrity birthday things. I did. What do they call those celebrity birthday things? The celebrity birthday. Yeah. You know, just the who's and the and, who's who of Hollywood who has a and, birthday. Of course, on cue, my uh, download will not load the document. So why don't you, Mr. <laughs> Sambolino, give me the top two or three celebrities. Well, and I will judge if they were worthy of being in the top two or three. But give me the top two or three from your perspective who have birthdays. Today. I would be remiss if we don't mention frontman for the Rolling Stones, Mick Jagger. How old would you say he is, Mr. McCullough? 192 Whoa. if he's a day. <laughs> I'm saying, you know, the, the wrinkles, uh, but I've still got the moves like Jagger, oh, so he, we're, we're good. He turned 79 years young today. Really? Yes, yes so he does. I was only twice, I was more than twice as old as what I needed to be. <laughs> I would say All right. so. <laughs> um, drummer and Queen, Roger Taylor. No, he doesn't make the 73. cut. 73, okay, fine. He, does, he doesn't make All the right. cut. All right. Helen Mirren, actress. Yes, yes, Lady Lady Helen. Lady she, Helen. She's, she has been? 76. Okay. 
Uh, I dig that. Uh, let's see. Who else is on the list? I do have it open now. Oh, Jeremy Piven's on this list. He should yes. nowhere be, by any means, be in the top three. But because I rode on an airplane with him from L.A. to New York once, I, he's going to be in my top three tonight. So okay. he's, Jeremy Piven is 57. Uh, people would most know him from that uh, HBO series, right? The uh, the small one. Not many What, what was it called? Uh, Entourage. I Entourage, would, yes. It was... It was <laughs> I really think that they tried to do that to come up with a male version of Sex in the City, and it just it never really had quite the same following. I mean, un- unless you had a crush on one of the four guys, and then, of course, there were girls that were watching it. But it, that was an, a very interesting show. And I thought Jeremy Piven, by the way, was phenomenal in it. But I liked him in some of his movie roles even better. Um, Such as? Well, you know, he was always kind of the tender sidekick for, you know, like Nick Cage in Family Man. He was like, come on, dude, you can't kill yourself or you can't have an affair. You're going to you're going to you're going to ruin your marriage. And, you know, the, the, the great line, he says, the Fidelity Bank and Trust is a mean lender. You, you make a deposit anywhere else once they close your account. Great line in the movie. I just <laughs> uh, will never forget. And then well, he was also the sidekick to. Um, uh, I believe you're probably thinking of Vince Vaughn. Yeah, well, yes, that was one that he was. He so Jeremy Piven is the perfect other guy. Like the, he played so many of those roles. What's the John Cusack movie? The Serendipity movie. He he played John Cusack's uh, you know best friend. He, the buddy that ch- chased all around town with him anyway. So well, he's got that. Ooh, you didn't mention Kate Beckinsale's on this list. <laughs> yes, she is. I didn't. I didn't see that. Okay. Wow. Cool. And today is the uh, National Coffee Milkshake Day. That's that's good to know. National Chili Dog Day. I'm down with that. I make a mean chili. And uh, Holistic Therapy Day, uh, whatever that is. Okay, so we're we're moving on to uh, the actual news of the day. And friends, I know that Arthur is much more shoot from the hip than me. I'm sorry. I this is just I'm an old news guy, so I just tend to gravitate and and. Mom, Idala, if you're listening tonight, please don't take this as anything other than just deep respect for Arthur. He is he is a phenomenal uh, storyteller, and when I hear him just go off on uh, you know this time when I was in court and I remember this and the case and all that, man, that is so cool. I don't have any of that, so I'm gonna I'm gonna disappoint people that are looking for that a thousand percent. But what I am gonna try to do is keep you up to date on what is going on in the news. And here's something that really has puzzled me and bothered me, and I don't know exactly how to deal with it, but today the White House announced another sale of 20 million barrels of our oil from our Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Now, if you don't know what the Strategic Petroleum Reserve was initially set up for, this may not make a lot of sense to you. But the reason we have that... And by the way, uh, Mr. Sambolino, can you can you give me the name of the president that formulated the Strategic Petroleum Reserve? I would believe it would be POTUS number 45, President Donald Trump. No, no, no. You would be incorrect. In fact, it would be the president that th- the current guy looks up to to try to catch up to in the worst president of the modern era category. It was it was implemented by Jimmy Carter. Ah, yes. And you remember we had gas lines. Well, you may not. You were probably just a baby at the time. I was, oh, I I was old. Arthur's mentioned this a few times that depending on what your license plate ended, that's when you could go and get yeah, gas. That is exactly even on uh, even on even days, odd on odd days, and depending on the letter or the number that you had in your in your license plate, that was when you got to go. And I remember 
because we had the ugliest car known to mankind called a Plymouth Volare station wagon. And I remember it did not have air conditioning. And in Texas, where I grew up, in the middle of July and August, when you were waiting in those gas lines, you just wanted to throttle Jimmy Carter. I mean, you just wanted to you, you didn't want to you didn't want to seriously hurt him, but you didn't you didn't like the guy. And I remember the desperation that we felt. And we 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 had a touch of that here, I think, after uh, the hurricane came through, because you did see some gas stations that ran out of gas and so forth. But, friends, today they announced that they're going to sell an additional 20 million barrels from our strategic reserve. Why is that important? That reserve was set up and designed to do one thing. Hold oil in reserve for American citizens in the event that we endured some sort of catastrophe, whether it be natural disaster or war, that was going to prevent the American people from being able to provide energy for their families, specifically for their transportation. That's what that oil reserve is there for. Joe Biden has now, this is the fifth time that they have dipped into the reserve at an excess of one million barrels per day that they are doing it. This is why I don't, I'm not down with this. And it's not because, you know, he's a Democrat and people think, perceive me as a Republican. That's not it. This is common sense. I don't want him doing that because we have so much oil and natural gas in our continental shelf just beneath our surface in multiple places. In fact, we've discovered that we have more than we ever thought we had in the history of of America, and we could actually be using that and leaving the reserve alone. He's dipping into the reserve, and by the way, selling some of it to foreign countries like China. Five million barrels went to uh, China in the last in the last batch. Um, And I don't understand that. China can buy Russian oil. They can buy anybody's oil. No one's going to tell them what to do. Why did we need to sell them ours? Uh, Until we get gas prices back to the $1.89 that we had when uh, Mr. Biden came into office, um, I don't think that we have any need to go and sell into, uh, pull out of our reserve uh, use it uh, as though it is being pumped and then selling it to other people. It does not make sense. It's a bad move. And I think it's just going to it's it's not going to be good for the American people. It's there for our emergency use. And we don't have that kind of emergency, especially if we could drill right now. That's the bigger point to me. All right. We've got an interesting show coming up. Former Governor George Pataki is going to join me. And then a little bit later on from the uh, New York Post, Miranda Devine will be here as well. It's uh, the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Kevin McCullough in for Arthur. Stay with me after the show because on Radio Night Live, we've got a big travel night tonight as well. And that's uh, all coming up. All right. It's uh, Kevin McCullough. We're coming right back. It would be to show me how you feel more than words is all you have to do to make it real. Then you Is your 
husband or wife in a hospital or a rehab center? Obviously, we hope not. But look, that can happen to anyone at any time. Are people telling you that they are not eligible for Medicaid? You know that the cost of a nursing home is 500 bucks a day? That's right. It comes out to $15,000 a month. Are you frightened about bankruptcy just to pay for the medical and facility expenses? Don't panic. Just do what so many others have done over the course of 40 years. Call Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law. These guys really know their stuff. They've been doing it for a long time. They've helped hundreds and hundreds of people just like you with the same thing you're going through. They'll tell you exactly what you're eligible for, and they'll also help you devise a plan to avoid such dire news. Call Connors and Sullivan for a free initial consultation with a lawyer. It's 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. You know their offices are in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. It's never too late. They're always there to help. The time to act is now. Don't wait. Call Connors and Sullivan today. 718-238-6500. You will be glad that you did. Keep your body moving with powerful nutrients to support your joints and overall mobility. Invite Health is here to save the day and your body with the best-selling Cartilage HX. Cartilage HX helps to maintain the health of your cartilage and promotes flexibility and mobility. This powerful formulation provides a patented form of type 2 collagen called UC2 that has been shown in clinical studies to promote joint comfort and strong, healthy bones. Just listen to what some Invite Health customers in the tri-state area are saying about Cartilage HX. I had a problem with my left knee and had to take baby steps going up the stairs. I'm almost normal now. Miracle! When I climb the stairs, my knees no longer hurt. Stay active with the help of Cartilage HX. Buy one bottle, get the other free, plus free shipping today. Call 800-673-2345 now to order. Again, that's 800-673-2345. 800-673-2345. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. All right, welcome back. Uh, Arthur Idala away today. Kevin McCullough in his place uh, today and tomorrow. And I'm doing my show after, so just stick around because it's uh, going to be a lot of fun. My next guest, I'm very privileged uh, to have come back to the microphone. Uh, he has written two best-selling books. Uh, he has spearheaded some of the uh, biggest recovery efforts that this city and state have ever undertaken. And when it comes to the challenges of today, I just think he is a man that has a lot of wisdom about what we need to do to get back to where we need to go. And when you see what happened over the weekend with uh, gubernatorial candidate Lee Zeldin, while he's giving a speech talking about the dangers of cashless bail in New York State, and then he has an attack on his life, uh, and they turn around and they let the guy go six hours later. It is just remarkable how tone-deaf Albany seems to be on much of this. So it is my privilege to welcome back to the microphone Governor George Pataki. Governor, always good to have you with us. Thanks for being here. Kevin, thank you. Always good to be on with you. 
Let's get right to the heart of the matter. Lee Zeldin couldn't have been more on point when he's talking about cashless bail and a guy steps on stage and tries to kill him with this double-bladed weird thing that he had around his fingers uh, and, and goes for him. And six hours later, he's out. Now, he's arrested a couple of days later because he's a member of Congress, and they can file a federal charge against him, which is very serious. I hope that everyone takes it seriously. But, Governor, what kind of clown show is the, is the state government running when we have an attempt on a public figure's life, and less than a day later, they're walking around free again? Kevin, it's a disgrace. It's an absolute disgrace. And, you know, had this been a Democratic candidate, every national news TV, radio, print would have had this uh, as a, a, a vicious assault on a candidate for governor. Um, but uh, because it's New York, because Zeldin is running as the Republican, so yeah, there's a sh- small story, but this should be something that outrages everyone. Uh, not just that it happens to the, the Republican candidate for governor, but it's happening over and over every day. To me, I, I saw the video of the guy who attacked the, the cops in the subway. Yeah. And that is just absolutely despicable. And he's let out the next day. Uh, this could have led to the death of police officers. And imagine the message it sends to someone who wants to become a cop. You know, you try to arrest someone, that, that criminal beats you up. He's going to be out on the street the next day. It's just New York is out of control. Um, Albany has to fix the problem. To do that, you have to have a leader who's prepared to stand up to the leftist Democrats. Uh, and sadly, Hochul just clearly is not up to the task. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how she, when she's forced to actually answer for the crime issue uh, on the campaign trail, it's going to be interesting to see how she responds. Because I, I don't know where you go if you're her explaining that you're not willing to make any concessions on the bail reform measure, which is could directly led to a bunch of this. But let's talk about some of the other aspects of this, uh, Governor. It's not just crime. The state is in full, full-on disrepair. I mean, it is uh, the city's facing problems, the state's facing problems. And when you look at the way the insider cabal is operating between the state assembly and the state senate and the governor's office and the mayor and the, the way that everything is just handled, everybody gets paid, but nothing seems to get improved. And I'm just curious, as a former governor who had to make significant improvements in a lot of different areas when you took office, what's your response to that? My response to that is that New York is at a critical turning point. We are headed in the wrong direction, and we've been headed in the wrong direction for at least five years. And unless we turn around quickly, there's going to be a point where New York is going to sink to where it becomes extremely difficult to come back. That's certainly the case with crime. It's the case with the economic climate in the state. It's the case with infrastructure. You just saw where the head of the MTA was saying they're on the verge of going broke. And, of course, the subways are the lifeblood of the city, although they're going broke in part because people are frightened of crime and won't get on the subways. So it's just a spiral downhill that requires leadership, strong leadership. It requires a change of direction. And we just aren't getting that from Albany. And it's a tragedy. It's really sad. If you were advising um, Congressman Zeldin, what would you be telling him to um, to focus on as he's got just a number of uh, it's literally coming down to weeks now until the November election? Um, and, and how and how would you suggest that he communicate uh, the, the things that New Yorkers care the most about? 
Well, I think clearly what they care about is crime in every part of the state. You know, in Rochester, we just had the assassination of a police officer. It's just, not just New York City, and another mm-hmm. officer was seriously wounded. And these are career criminals doing this. I think what he hasn't done, what he has to do, is lay this at Hochul's feet. Uh, this is not a problem lingering from de Blasio. This is not a problem lingering from some prior uh, elected officials. This is a problem of today that requires the governor to force the legislature to change the laws. You know, that's what I had to do when I was governor. People don't remember. We were the most dangerous state in America when I took office. And we changed over 100 different criminal justice laws. And, you know, I had a two-to-one Democratic assembly. They didn't want to do it. But the governor has enormous power. And when you have the crisis this state is, is facing right now, the governor has to be prepared to use that power right away to change the direction of this state, to stop this outrageous level of crime. Or we're going to see crime continue to grow. Police just uh, retire, quit, move, go to a different department. And the future of this state is going to be greatly diminished from what it should be. I was speaking with a member of city council just a week ago, and they were informing me that not only have the retirements and the officers that are leaving the force outpaced any number of replacements, but as you know, during COVID, there were two graduating classes from the academy that were not promoted um, and there has been no essential strategy to replace any of those people. It seems as though we are significantly understaffed when it comes to law enforcement as it is to begin with. And when you add to the fact that we pay maybe the, 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 the lowest scale of any in the region, Governor, how do you fix that? You know, you gotta, you got to just make it plain that instead of being uh, demeaned, police are truly heroes. Without them, you know, you can pass all the laws you want, you can make all the speeches you want, but unless you have a brave police officer out there willing to risk their lives to enforce those laws, it all goes down the drain. Can you imagine a young person today taking a look at that video of that police officer being beaten by that criminal who's let out the next day and thinking, do I really want that job? Or I guarantee you there's not one cop in New York City and probably not many in the state who haven't seen that video who isn't thinking, I can't wait till my retirement time is up. We have to respect the police. I mean, I would propose today a law making it a felony to hit a police officer under any circumstances, not subject to no bail, but subject uh, not subject to uh, no bail at all, but subject to the fact that they can't get out until their trial is held. We have to stand behind our police. We have to change the criminal justice system. That requires the governor. That requires Albany, and it's not happening. Well, and see, that's that's the un, unsaid part of this whole equation, Governor. Um, when you were governor, when Mayor Giuliani was uh, at the helm in the city, uh, you guys took the crime issue. You took it seriously. You addressed it. You did basic common sense things, not Republican things, not Democrat things, common sense things. And the people got behind it, and the and the police force felt empowered. They felt like the governor and the mayor had their back. And you and you saw the biggest drop in crime in the city's history. In the state's history, we went from being the most dangerous state to being the safest large state and one of the four safest states in America. The only yeah. states that were safer were places like Iowa and Utah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, if it had been just Giuliani and New York City, it wouldn't have happened. You see that now with Adams. You need Albany. If it had been just Albany without the city police doing their job, it wouldn't have happened either. You needed both pulling together. And I think 
Mayor Adams has certainly indicated he intends and wants to get very tough on crime. But unless he gets the, the leadership from Albany and it just hasn't been there, there's, only, there's not much he can do. Yeah, I think he has to come out and, and express support for Zeldin at some point. I just think I think that's the best partner he can work with going forward. Now, the, the congressman has said that on day one he's firing Alvin Bragg and he's and he's going to do what he can to repeal uh, no no cash bail. Um, how does that work from a from a structural standpoint? What is it? What does he have to do to get that repealed? Well, to get it repealed, you simply have to pass a law in Albany. But the way it was enacted uh, was not by a standalone bill. The governor has enormous power. And Andrew Cuomo, when he was governor, thank God he's gone, put that language, repealing the bail, the cash bail, in his budget. And right. under the Constitution, the legislature cannot change that language. They either have to adopt it or eliminate the entire criminal justice thing. Lee Zeldin could do the exact same thing. Put language in his budget, his criminal ju- uh, uh, justice budget, that repeals the bail law. And the legislature can't change that language. They would have to either have no criminal justice system at all or repeal the bail law. There you go. So that, that solves. That, that's the draconian step that he could take. A better step, step, as I did, is to sit down with the legislatures and say, look, this is your choice. Either we're going to work cooperatively and repeal this law, or you're going to face a budget where you have to either eliminate criminal justice in its entirety or accept the language. Let's work this out. Governor, uh, I always appreciate. I always appre- I always appreciate your common sense approach to it, and it's just so refreshing. Thank you for spending some time with us tonight. Great being with you. Thank you, Kevin. You Thank got you. it. There he goes, Governor George Pataki, uh, who faced some very similar circumstances to what uh, we are seeing right now, and came up with completely different solutions. Again, not a partisan thing, just common sense. Kevin McCullough, stay with us. Miranda Devine from the uh, New York Post joins me next. All of us at the AM 970 family know Susan. She's the one who's going to take care of you. If you're considering painting your home, you got to listen to me. You can't do it until you speak to Susan and get a consultation with her. Now more than ever, protect your greatest investment, your home. Rhino Shield, as you now know, is a ceramic coating that is sprayed onto your home and it looks just like paint, but it's 10 times thicker than paint. Rhino Shield guarantees your house will look as if it was freshly painted. You ready for this? For 25 years. It's a 25-year transferable warranty 25 years when was the last time anyone guaranteed anything for you for 25 years rhino shield will increase the resale value of your home you know why because it lowers your energy costs it holds the hot air in during the winter time and it holds the cold air in during the summertime and now susan is offering no payment no interest financing for one year 20 percent off for anyone who requests a free quote by august the 31st call 877-744-6608 or go to rhinoshieldofnewyork.com and set up an appointment and make sure you tell Susan Arthur sent you. 
Hi, this is Judge Kamins, a partner at Idala Bertuna and Kamins, and where Arthur Idala of the Arthur Idala Power Hour works at his 24/7 day job. In 2014, I retired from the bench to join ABK, which is a full-service preeminent boutique firm that has been helping New Yorkers when legal problems arise. ABK is uniquely qualified to assist New Yorkers who have a wide range of legal problems, from personal injury claims and civil litigation to criminal defense and trusts and estates. I personally work on appellate matters, attorney disciplinary matters, and complex legal issues with a dedicated group of attorneys who provide a team approach to each case. There is no legal problem too big or small for this talented and hard-working legal team. So when you think of the Idala Power Hour, also keep in mind ABK, the Power Legal Firm. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value. Like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-27. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. It must be really cool to be Arthur Idala. That's that's all I have to say about that. The preeminent uh, trial attorney is on vacation. He's taking some time off, uh, kind of a well-deserved uh, break for him. Uh, and Kevin McCullough, who will be with you uh, for my show following this per normal, uh, also glad to be in with you tonight. Uh, my next guest uh, is a genuine treasure, I think, in New York journalism, as she writes some of the uh, most pointedly true things that can be read in the news today. Miranda Devine is her name. She has written a best-selling book on Hunter's Laptop from Hell, and she rejoins me here on the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Uh, Miranda, it's good to have you. Kevin McCullough, thanks for being back. Oh, thank you for having me again, Kevin. It's great to be with you. Always enjoy it. I want to get to your latest piece in just a moment, but I want to go back to the one that you you wrote uh, just last week or just a few days ago about uh, Mayor Adams on the um, the secret midnight flights that he suddenly discovered the president has been flying into our uh, tri-state area here for the last number of months. Now, to, to be candid, I did not uh, endorse uh, Mr. Adams. I know Arthur did. I want to be very respectful of the uh, mayor and uh, his efforts to try to clean up the city uh, f- in terms of its criminal uh, aspect. I, I have wanted to be and have been as supportive as I possibly can. I think it would be great if we got a governor uh, and some DAs that would help him in that endeavor. But he he's doing at least he is saying the right things and wants to do the right things, I believe. But let me ask you about this specifically. What do you think it was that finally tipped Mayor Adams across the uh, the scales, if you will, to go public with criticism against the White House on the issue of the uh, illegal immigrants coming to New York? Well, Kevin, he didn't really criticize the White House. In fact, he did something quite deceptive. He blamed uh, two uh, Republican states, basically the border states, Arizona and Texas, and claimed 
fraudulently that they were sending uh, illegal migrants to New York. Neither of those states are doing it. Both of those governors have sort of done as a stunt um, some buses that they're sending illegal migrants from the border to Washington, D.C. They're not sending them to New York. Who's sending them to New York is Joe Biden. And, you know, we've been reporting this for the past at least nine months in the post. Exactly. Uh, these secret midnight flights are coming in. It's been on the front page. Um, I mean, we, we've, we've done a lot of reporting, and I'm just surprised that Mayor Adams didn't see it earlier and didn't do something about it. I mean, we have reported um, that these flights, which have initially were just going into White Plains, but then they there were so many of them, they had to have the overflow in the Port Authority Airport, Stewart International, in the Hudson Valley. Uh, but we have followed buses, these charter buses, which meet the planes, meet the migrants when they fly in at 11, midnight, 1, 2 a.m., and take them all over the tri-state area, including into New York City. And we have seen these illegal migrants get off the buses and go into city-owned affordable housing, where presumably they are displacing uh, New Yorkers or American citizens who are down on their luck and might be living on the streets and would like to have, uh, you know, a, a... a roof over their heads paid for by basically the New York taxpayer, that that's not happening. So the homeless problem becomes more problematic. Now there are so many of these, these flights are coming in practically every night. So there are so many of these people that the, the, the city sort of safety net is, is completely overwhelmed. And we are seeing homeless shelters, which are not able to cope with the numbers. And is that the basis then for his uh, the the plan that I saw suggested in which he would use some of the uh, the uh, hotels and other things to uh, to do temporary housing? Yes, but I mean he's he's already been doing that. De Blasio was doing that during COVID. They took over all the hotels. I mean it was from the Upper West Side, Midtown, uh, you know, nice tourist hotels because there were no tourists. Uh, they took them over and they put. You know the the criminals from Rikers that they let out under the cover of COVID, and right. uh, all the homeless they put them in there. Now that would have been a perfect opportunity to give those people the help they needed, whether it be uh, getting them off drugs, giving them um, proper mental health checks. To, to my mind, none of that's been done. The homeless problem, the mental illness and addiction problem is 10 times worse than it was before COVID. You just have to look at the streets. It's a disaster, especially around Penn Station. And uh, so, uh, you know, I I can't imagine now the tourists are back. Is there that much um, extra capacity in the hotels around Times Square? And is that really a wise use of our money to be spending it on people who shouldn't be here in the first place. What Eric Adams ought to be doing is saying to Joe Biden and his administration to close the border. Stop stop flying your problem around the country. Well, and this is obviously the head scratcher for most Americans because we can see how the uh, influx of uh, just human beings, it, you know, forget where they come from or any of the backstory. If, if you're just talking math 
and you've got X supply of resources and you have X amount of population, when you add to that population without adding to the resources, then you are obviously going to be displacing and losing the value of the resources across the number of people that are there. And that is and that's happened. And I think different states have seen the damage in different ways. Obviously, the border states are the ones that have to deal with uh, probably the biggest impact because they a lot of them do stay, uh, but they're also the ones that are trying to shut down the border and try to make sure that uh, you know they're they're doing it as orderly as possible. I know Texas has taken a little bit uh, in you know on the nose for saying that they're putting their people on the border and, and doing that. I know that the Biden administration doesn't like that. But Miranda, what are what are what are people supposed to do when those that are in in charge of enforcing the law don't enforce the law? What 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 becomes the plan of action or the alternative for people that actually care about the outcome? Well, I mean, it, the, the mind boggles. You know, if you have a lawless society, people just take uh, justice into their own hands, and we have vigilante justice, and that's not something nobody wants. That that is a lawless society. That's uh, what you see in broken down countries south of the border. That's what these people are escaping from. Yeah. And, you know, I can't blame them for wanting to come to America for a better life. They could be, you know, really good, fine, upstanding members of the community in the future. But the fact is their very first action coming to this country was to break the law. Um, and admittedly, in their defense, they were encouraged to do so by the president. So they probably yeah. assume that, you know, that it's just theater that when the president and his underlings uh, like Mayorkas and, and Kamala Harris say ridiculous statements like, oh, there is no border crisis, oh, the border is secure, or says, go home, while they're encouraging them to come over the border. They get no security checks uh, because the border agents are basically too overwhelmed acting as babysitters or just processing these people. Yeah. Uh, we now, uh, there's something like 800,000 people, I think, just this year that... Um, that, that we're hearing reports that have got away. So that's on top of already the three million plus that have uh, been encountered by border officials. Uh, it's it's just mind-boggling how many people we're talking about whole cities arriving each year under Joe Biden and just melting into the community and putting incredible pressure. This is what Adams was talking about on our schools, on our hospitals on our housing, uh, taking jobs from Americans. And, you know, we don't begrudge them. We know that they're coming from much more difficult circumstances. But a country doesn't exist if it doesn't have a border. And it is the duty uh, of the those in charge, like Joe Biden and like Eric Adams and Kathy Hochul, who's, by the way, helping these flights arrive, oh, um, yeah. to, to actually safeguard the, the the futures and the prosperity and the health and well-being of their voters, of their electorate, of their taxpayers. No, you're you're one hundred one thousand percent correct, uh, Miranda, and it is uh, it is why uh, as as difficult as it may be to see some of these images, we need to really understand what is happening as this uh, massive population kind of redistribution is occurring. Um, and from that respect, I think that uh, Mayor Adams has every right to say to the White House, stop. Um, I would like him to be forceful in how he says that. I would like him not to just complain about uh, the border states or, or point out uh, a couple of Republicans here or there that have said this or that. Um, we know where the problem is, uh, and, and we, need to, we need to have clear action 
clear uh, direction back to the president. This is unhelpful. It must it must end now. And we can't take any more. Well, exactly. And, you know, I I think um, Eric Adams is really should be excoriated for this disinformation, uh, this deliberate um, kind of laying the blame where he knows it doesn't belong. Making a head fake and pivoting the other direction. Yeah, I got you, Miranda. Hey, we're out of time, but thank you for being with us. And it's always a, a good time talking to you. Thanks for being here. You too, Kevin. Thank you. All right. The Arthur Idala Power Hour continues. Stay here. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander, now in stock in all trim levels and all with the flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-277. Chances are your home financing questions won't end when this show does. So the next time you have a question about home loans, ask the lending experts at Citizens Bank. They can help you every step of the way during the home buying process, starting with getting a pre-approval before you start shopping for a new home. Call 212-857-6668, 212-857-6668, and ask a citizen. Mortgages are offered and originated by Citizens Bank N.A., NMLS number 433960, Equal Housing Lender. Gregory Floyd, host of Reaching Out, gets answers to the tough questions from people in the know. We have our senator from New York State, U.S. Senator Chuck Schumer, on the line. We've been getting a lot of questions about what can be done in these mass shootings. Are there any solutions being discussed on the Hill? There are a number of things we have to do. One is to have universal background checks. You know, there is a right to bear arms, and people who want to have a gun should be able to get one, but only if they're not felons, if they're not adjudicated mentally ill, if they're not spousal abusers. That's all the background check law does, and it has the support of 90% of the people. So we are going to be making a strong effort here on the Hill to deal with background checks. Uh, We're also looking at banning clips of more than 10 bullets. It's Reaching Out with Gregory Floyd at a new time, Saturday afternoon at 2.30 and again at 9 p.m. on AM 970, The Answer. Progressive Snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were looking at your phone while driving, let me say it again. Seriously, put down your phone. That is so unsafe. If you didn't do stuff like use your phone while driving, you could save money with Progressive Snapshot. But saving or not, just put it down. And if you did hear it the first time because you weren't looking at your phone, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Coming up tonight at 7 on AM 970, The Answer. It will be Kevin McCullough and Linda Perillo. Yes, of that Perillo family. Uh, And she's going to tell us all about her life in the travel business and what she's learned from it. That's tonight at 7. See you then. After McCullough, in for Idala. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer.
Sambolino, you know how to scratch what itches, man. Love me a little Billy Joel. Especially the piano man. Got, gotta have some of it. Come on, let's just, everybody sing along. It's nine o'clock on a Saturday. A regular crowd shuffles in. Oh, yeah. There's an old man sitting next to me. Making love to his tonic and gin. Or gin and tonic. All right, uh, that's it. Uh, look, we're this has gone fast. I can't believe uh, what a great uh, fun time it's been. Uh, and Arthur, we miss you. Come home soon. Uh, thank you for all that you do to uh, help defend the city that you love. And uh, we're having a great time uh, while you're out. Uh, but I know that uh, you'll be back and raring to go. Every time, especially when I was early in broadcasting, uh, Mr. Sambolino, when I was when I was just a young pup. If I had to take time off, man, that first show back, it was all venom and fire, man, because you, you could not put it out. It was like, if you're born to do this, if you really love doing it, uh, it gets in your blood, and it's just hard to not do it. So I, I know exactly what Arthur's going to be like when he comes back. <laughs> Once that bug bites, that's it. It's done. You, you are gone. All right. Uh, Michael Ragusa is a Brooklyn-born city worker looking to make a difference in the city he loves. And uh, Joan and uh, Arthur know uh, Michael because he's part of the Friars Club and uh, does uh, a lot of the activities and things that they have there. But he's also putting himself forward uh, to run for Congress. And he joins us in this little uh, candidate spotlight that we're going to have for the next two nights. Uh, Michael, welcome. It's uh, good to have you. Uh, Kevin McCullough is my name. Glad you're here. Hey, Kevin. It's great to be with you. I'm actually running for uh, city council. It was previously Congress, but we decided that a local race would probably be best. You know, this sometimes happens in New York politics. I remember someone, uh, who was it, just a couple of years ago, a couple of ses- uh, cycles ago, was going to run for mayor, and then he, he said, no, I'm going to run for um, some lower office, and then he ended up not running at all. And so I'm not surprised. But uh, So you want to represent the city and city council. Uh, you want to represent your... Uh, district, your people. Tell us about what the voters in South Brooklyn are looking for. Well, first, let me just say that um, right now it's called District 43, which uh, represents Bay Ridge, Diker Heights, Bath Beach, and a little bit of Bensonhurst. Uh, City Council is currently trying to redistrict the lines for some odd reason, and they want to call it District 38, which would just be Bay Ridge and Sunset Park. With, With that being said, my, the voters in my neighborhood are, uh, you have to understand, Bay Ridge is a very working class, blue collar neighborhood. People are very purple here. They're not red. They're not blue. They're moderates. Um, the current person in office is so out of the loop and out of touch with the voters in his district. He defunded police. He wants to put homeless shelters in our district when he told us he didn't want homeless shelters here. Um, he caused the city an $850,000 lawsuit for abusing an autistic person when he worked for Vidi Gentile. Uh, this is the kind of person right now that is running my district. And, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a shame because Bay Ridge used to be one of the most coveted neighborhoods in all of New York City. Yeah. No, it's, and I think that in a lot of ways uh, people still think of it in that light. Um, Michael, talk to me about uh, what skill set you bring to the table and why the voters in South Brooklyn need to choose you as their choice. Well, you know, right off the bat, I'll tell you, I, I was EMS for seven years. I did two years in Flushing Hospital. Uh, Flushing is is a very melting pot like Bay Ridge. It has, you know, uh, Indian people, Asian people, 
white people. And then I moved over to FDNY EMS and I was in Chelsea. I was in West Village. I worked with all kinds of people. So I know what the people want in, in New York City. Uh, you know, certain politicians are lifetime politicians. I've never been a politician. I've talked to real people. I know their problems, kitchen table problems. I'm working class myself. I still work for the city. And, uh, you know, it's hard to live in this city right now. Inflation and uh, taxes, things just keep adding on and adding on. What is What about the crime issue for your particular uh, district? Uh, how has that been impacted this year? And what are your plans on that on that topic? Right. So. You know, Kevin, like I said, uh, Justin Brennan, he voted to defund the police after the wake of the whole uh, George Floyd stuff, where all police departments in this country were being ridiculed and looked at for just one mistake. Uh, so right now in Bay Ridge, I'll just read you some numbers. And this is straight off CompStat. This is not made up. This is right off the NYPD website. So I'll read you some disturbing numbers. In sex crimes in Bay Ridge are up. From last year, 116.7%. Um, grand larceny is up 56%. You go to another area of Justin Brennan's, which is Diker Heights right now, and um, Bath Beach and Bensonhurst. Murder is up 300%. You have shootings up 100%. Rape, 114.3%. This is direct effects of the progressives defund the police Sure. Um, you know, rhetoric. So, you know, Bay Ridge, Diker Heights, Bensonhurst, this this was never like this. Tw- Ten years ago, even five years ago, you would never seen these kinds of incidents and this kind of jump in crime. Michael, if people want to support you and uh, help send Justin home, um, where do they go? How do they get involved in your campaign and where can they make a contribution to you? Right. So right now it's still very early, but we do have a campaign website up. We are taking donations. Ragu. Four, the number four, nyc.com. You can go right on there. You can donate. We're going to have fundraisers very soon. I'm going to get some endorsements. You know, we're starting this very early because I believe that I can be the one to bring Bay Ridge back to the most coveted neighborhood in the whole city. All right. Well, we wish you well on that, Michael. And obviously, you've got your uh, finger on the pulse of some of the issues there. And I, I, I think you're right for what it's worth. And uh, I wish you well. Thanks for being with us tonight. Thank you, Kevin. I hope you have a great day. You got it. All right. Uh, and we'll do another uh, campaign spotlight uh, tomorrow night. Uh, we're going to talk to a man who's running for the congressional seat in CD5 in New Jersey. Frank Pilato will be on the show uh, tomorrow night as well. So uh, we've got that to look forward to. Well, before we go, uh, and by the way, stick around because in the next hour, uh, we're going we're gonna to talk travel uh, on the normal Radio Night Live travel night. Uh, as you may have been hearing and heard, uh, Valerie Delia, our beloved travel experts from the uh, beginning of Radio Night Live, has left. Uh, she is now off in Rome, uh, fulfilling her dreams as a, 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 an anchor for a Rome production company, and she's going to have a lot of fun doing that, and I wish her well, I, but, I, but I miss my friend. But tonight, uh, it's just me hosting, but we've got a very special guest. Linda Perillo is going to be with us from Perillo Tours. And what's it like to grow up in the shadow of maybe the most famous travel family in all of America? We will find out uh, in just a little bit. She's already she's already in the green room chomping at the bit to get on the air. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, Finally, this afternoon, um, I know that this has struck people a lot of different ways. But when the University of Pennsylvania put up last week or the week before last, Leah Thomas as the 
woman of the year for their athlete of the year uh, category, I thought, you know, that's that's kind of that's kind of weird because I don't think that people with, you know, male parts should be winning woman of the year awards. I, I, look, I, I'm not here to tell you what you think you are. I just don't think that when going against other women, that it is fair for the person that always wins and wins and wins and was just competing just three years ago in the middle of the pack in the men's division, I just don't think that's fair for that person to be called woman of the year or even really being allowed to swim against women because uh, your bone structure is bigger. You, you have, you know, a whole different body composition uh, and, and you have all your male parts. So I, I don't know. I don't understand how a, a boy can swim in the women's division and become women of the year. But here's what's happened since they nominated Leah Thomas as just that. Uh, the NC2A announced its conference selections for the Women of the Year Award on Monday, naming Columbia University fencer Sylvie Binder as the Ivy League pick over the national champion and University of Pennsylvania transgender swimmer Leah Thomas. Now, you could say this is just the way it should be, because it is. The female athlete of the year for the NC2A should be, by definition, female. And as far as that goes, they shouldn't be required to compete against males at all. And I'd, I'm not interested in the argument or discussion of whether there are not two genders or ten genders or 16 genders or 52 genders. There are two sexes. There's the male and the female. And according to your sex is how you should be competing because that's the bone structure, the muscle mass, and the DNA that you have. Anyway, so uh, good job on you, Sylvie, and we'll uh, talk to you next time. The preceding program, sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.